There's something so interesting when you put two people in front of a mic. You talk differently and conversations happen. It's true, yeah. You feel like a... There's like an urge to... Yeah, actually, it sounds better from this angle. So I'm going to switch over to you. But uh, it sounds... Yeah, because this is the alignment. It sounds... Yeah, that was muted. When it's blinking, it's it's muted. Sorry, I, I do not know how to use the mic. That's true. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like... Sometimes it can feel awkward to hold a conversation, but when you're holding a conversation with a mic between you, it's like you're doing it so that other people can hear it, and there's a certain drive to keep the conversation going, keep it interesting. Right. Your words will be remembered. That's true. They are immortal. Once, yeah, when it's not like a normal conversation where you say it, and hopefully people don't remember it. I mean, I hope people don't remember what I say. I say a lot of embarrassing things. That's true. <laughs> you should know you're my roommate. Um, yeah. Well, and then it's interesting because you also say things for the benefit of whoever would be listening because right. you just said, you're my roommate, which you would never say to me, but you do say it because... We have a broader audience. There's a broader audience who wouldn't necessarily know. So it's like you, there's a, it, you're acting like there's a third party listening, which is clearly evident in the fact that I'm making my voice slightly deeper, maybe significantly right. deeper than it right. actually yes. is. Yes, this is totally so, how I talk. I, and I, Mr. Would, President, I, I never talk. <laughs> I never, I never talk like this. So people who are close to me, but if there's going to be other people listening, then I make my voice a lot deeper. Right. So I just referenced the president, which means I think the president will be listening one day. That would be unique. <laughs> right, because we're talking about this, this broader audience. <laughs> that might uh, mean our podcast has become a matter of national security. Or we're just that famous. Yeah, that would be possible, too. Should we call our podcast? You know, I wish I had a voice like Obama's. Cookies with Caleb? Cookies with Caleb? No. It's too childish. If you give Caleb a cookie. If you give Caleb, this is what happens. You start a podcast, apparently. If we were nuns, we could call it Sipping with the Sisters. Yeah, but we're not nuns. It's true. But we are, we're not brothers either. Brother, well, we're Christians, so yeah, brothers in Christ. That's true. That's true. But you're Anglican, which is, a, which is another podcast. Um, you should check that podcast. one out, which we're going to make now. No, uh, an Anglican and a Catholic. Can mm-hmm. we make something funny about that? I don't know. Like An Anglican and a Catholic walk into a bar. I don't know. That sounds like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a funny name now. Well, let's talk about being Anglican. Mm. What? Uh, yeah. What is Anglicanism? What is Anglicanism? Well, it's essentially Catholicism, but without the Pope. And nice. that, that, that's Anglicanism in a nutshell. And as a Catholic, I love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how is, let's, let's talk a little bit about Anglicanism and its history. Um, so like, when was the Anglican Church founded? Well, you know, that's actually a really interesting question, and you'll get a different answer depending on who you talk to. Some people would say it was founded with the Church of England when uh, King Henry VIII founded the Church of England and split off from the Catholic Church mm-hmm. um, because he wanted to get a divorce, which the Catholic Church would not allow. Uh, right, because divorce is bad. It, yes. <laughs> Some people would also say, though, that it was founded much, much earlier when missionaries came to England uh, in mm-hmm. the early centuries of the church, and that from there they were 
on the island relatively isolated from mainland Europe. And um, so they began to develop their own sort of tradition. Right. Um, and that's that's the Anglican church is like um, because it was physically isolated from the rest of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it never had as much connection to the Pope and mm-hmm. whatever else was happening on mainland Europe. How much communication do you think they had? Because I mean, I, I just like in my head, I just had this weird picture of like a fat fire and a donkey with waving a letter, like writing to England. I mean, you have to obviously something. you have to sail to England. Um, but <laughs> that's yeah. the image I've had. Like, how 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 much in contact do you think that the early church was with the church in England? I mean, I imagine it would take at the very least many many months to travel mm-hmm. from like Rome to England. Right, because you, you have to sail there too. So you have to go to a port and then. Right, you'd have to go. You'd have to travel. I mean, the fastest way would probably be to launch from Rome, because Rome's pretty close to the ocean, um, yeah. or the Mediterranean. And you sail from there to a point in Europe, and then trek across, like, France or something, probably France. And then yeah. you uh, would get the channel, sail across the channel, and then get to whatever you need to get to in England. So that might not actually take too long. That might be. Like, should, I, should I Google that? How long would it take to walk to, to from Rome to. Would England. it take the early church well, to you just say early travelers? That's a very specific question. What 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 uh, year would that be? Uh, probably like the the three hundreds. I don't know when the first Christians came to England. Mm. Probably earlier than that, to be honest. It's probably in the one hundreds. How long did it take Roman officials to reach? Wait, Rome. How? I mean, that's it's the same question. Romans to Britain, twenty-seven days. Oh, so about a month. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying, um, right, that England developed its own culture. So this would, Mm -hmm. I mean, I assume among Catholics, you know, we talk about, um, well, we we talk about the Eastern Orthodox, but we also Mm -hmm. talk about like the African churches and kind of the the cultures that developed there. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's the same mass, but it's said um, in different language and there's slightly different. Slightly different traditions, I believe. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is that all of these like things that are less centrally located around Rome, it's like um, you've got the Eastern Orthodox Church, you've got the Church in Egypt, you've got the Church in India, you've got the Church in England. None of them recognize the Pope. It's only the ones that are like geographically. Well, I mean, I suppose that now all of those um, specific churches are all around the globe. So it's not as geographical now. Right. You have the Catholic Church in England and stuff. But where they originated from, um, the one that originated in Rome is the only one that has the Pope. So you, are you saying that's an argument against the Pope? No, I'm just you know, noting it as an interesting noting. fact. Interesting. Okay. So, you, it, it, I mean, like the one random reason I could think of like that that would come about would be, well, I mean, it's not as practical to have a dude as your head who is like, a month plus away from you, right? Well, that, well it, but it's also sim, like um, symbolic and has more significant meaning. Like it's not just obviously the person. There's a, there's someone who's in charge of the churches in Africa mm-hmm. and the churches yeah. in uh, the other places besides Rome. I mean, I suppose that's true. Because I mean, even in like the the Eastern Orthodox Church, you still have like the twelve patriarchs. So it's no. like you have heads of the church located somewhere, but mm-hmm. there's a, there's an issue with the Pope. Right. specifically having one man 
be the authority over the church. Mm-hmm. So something I want to talk about, um, coming from, I know I know a decent amount of England, uh, the English church from a Protestant perspective, mm. um, and like just reading about high school history books, but you said that um, there's two ways to think about it. The first one was like it was this this culture that. Uh, are this the, it was it was it's always been the Church of England. Mm-hmm. It just was like named the Church of England, right? Um, so, I just want to talk a little bit about going under the head of the the King of England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's your opinion on that, and how is it okay for a church that's always been that church just to go um, underneath that name, or how would you how do you think about that? Like, how do, how does that sit with you that? Sure, this church is always in this church, but then it di- it did go, like it is under the rule of the King of England. Like, how do you think view that? Well, I, I suppose it's probably at this point viewed as a matter of um, it's it's just very it's like a relic. It doesn't actually impact the church in any way. Mm. I don't think that I suspect the the king being the head of the Church of England is the same thing as the king being the head of England. It doesn't right. actually mean anything. He doesn't... He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Right. Like, it's... Except maybe get um, some be- benefits and just to pay taxes. Probably not. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It's like... It's it's purely symbolic. It doesn't actually... He doesn't actually do anything. So it's not... Right. It's not really impactful. Obviously, back in the day, it would have been impactful because the king cared a great deal about what was happening religiously back in the, in the right. country. So, I mean... So from like a govern like a, a governance and democracy standpoint, it doesn't really matter. But it seems to me like from a religious standpoint, it does matter mm. who your leader is. Yeah. Who your head is. So how how does the the King of England like how does that like theologically and spiritually, how do you reconcile that? Well, I suppose I would say, well, uh, that's merely a consequence of what happened politically back in the day. Um, and the King of England is not actually the head of the Church of England. Okay. Um, so who... I mean, the natural question that follows who, is, who is... Who is the head of England? Uh, there is no one head of the Church of England. No one head... Okay. Yeah. So I think... In the same way that Eastern Orthodox, there's there's no one head of the Eastern Orthodox right. Church. I was half, half expecting you to say Jesus. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, it's like a cop-out. Interesting. So... I mean... The vast, I feel like the vast amount of historians would say that the Church of England was founded when uh, King Henry VIII uh, decided he wanted divorce and f- quote unquote founded the Church of England. Uh, that's that's correct. Right? Um, there was no Church of England. Do you before. think that corrupted the Church of England at all? That's quite possible, um, but uh, I, I suspect it did to some extent. I'm sure there were. It probably mixed um, the positions in of authority in the church with positions of political authority, but uh, you see that happen in the Catholic Church as well. Right. So, I, I, if if you don't think that's a huge problem, like it's a problem in the Catholic Church, but I don't think that's a church-ending problem. Because right. if it is a church-ending problem, then the Catholic Church has the same issue. Right. So. Okay. So, who is the <laughs> who is the leader? So if the if the English Church always existed, mm. who is the head of the English church of the church or head of the English Church before King Henry VIII? I suspect there there wasn't. One. So it was just so they didn't. Did they acknowledge the Pope 
I don't know. That's a good question. I I don't know actually because I assume it, it, it. I think England was more or less um, considered Catholic before yeah. then, so I assume there was a point in history where they began to reconnect with mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. Um, obviously, yeah, because a lot of the Anglican traditions are the Stem same as the Catholic right. tradition, um, and I don't know when those traditions came about, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Quite fascinating. This is when I wished um, I had remembered more of my history mm. from because I remember learning about um, the missionaries that went over there mm. and like supposedly civilized the barbaric peoples. Mm. But then, if my memory serves me, they were raided by the Nordic people a couple of times. Oh yeah, right. So like, um, and then it, the 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 Christ, There was like three different. I want to say factions. You had like the Christians, then you had the natives, mm. and then you had the Nordics, mm. um, who were all kind of duking it out on the isles. Um, just for who had control, essentially? Right. Well, I think just of... I think the Nordics were... I don't remember if they are permanently settling there or just pillaging and leaving. I, I think that maybe it initially started out as raids, uh, but then some people definitely stayed. I know, I know that... I know that the raids turned into more of an invasion at some point. Right. I don't remember when that happened. Uh, and then I think, I believe the Christians, they had some success, but I believe there was like a big pushback at one point. Probably. Yeah. And the native peoples were going back to their pagan idols. Mm. Um, yeah. And there was like a big revival against mm. Christianity. Yeah. But I think that wraps up our talk about uh, our podcast. We still need a name. Um, but... That was quite a, f- a fascinating discussion on Anglicanism. It, it was. I came up I, with many new questions. I didn't know I had questions. I, I, I needed answers to. I'm the wrong person to talk to about Anglicanism being so brand new to it. Mm, mm. So I don't actually know a great deal about it. But well, one could say, I mean, wait, when did you consider first consider yourself an Anglican? I don't know. Probably four months ago. Four months ago. Okay. I was going to say, like, I am considered a relatively new Catholic, right? I haven't, I haven't even been Catholic for a year. Right. So I wouldn't say I'm not the right guy to answer but questions. You, you've been exploring Catholicism for right. the past, what, three years? Ooh, so, <laughs> right. So, whereas, yeah. I, and you could say that I've been exploring Catholicism for the past three years as well. Right. And then decided on Anglicanism. So I haven't been exploring Anglicanism. I've been exploring Catholicism and then decided right. Catholicism was wrong and... Anglicanism was right. One might describe our journey of uh, converting to these more traditional, um, what would you call it? Traditional sects of the church? Um, yeah, traditional traditions <laughs> um, as like a marathon, right? So, like, mm. we're running, uh, maybe Iron Man was at 26 miles. Yeah. Right? Well, so, uh, that's a- we're both running alongside, and then you stop at 12 miles, and I kept on running the last 12. <laughs> So I reached the I reached the Catholic Church, but you you got halfway. <laughs> you stopped for the snacks I, 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 on the sideline. I side would line. say I made it more to like mile twenty two or something. <laughs> uh, an Anglican would say that. <laughs> I, I think I think like you, well, I, I guess it depends on what your starting point is. Because like if your starting point is like liberal, then well, I, I, the 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 analogy implies that we both started along together. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, which we did. Alrighty. Well, that's that. Thanks for listening to a, a Catholic and an Anglican. 
we'll see you next time.